with an Om Namo Guru Dev Namo. This is the second trailer for the School of Unified Spiritual Laws Season 2. And most of you guys have done the School of Unified Spiritual Laws Season 1. That's a tongue twister for me there. Most of you guys have done that already. But if you haven't, I really recommend starting there first. Or make sure you have a Brewer Report subscription so that if you don't know what like Law of 3 or Law of 7 or something like that is, you can go and check it out really fast. And that that's the whole point of having Brewer Report be a streaming service. Um, the reason why I'm doing this is because I love conspiracy theories so much and the times that we're living on now are like definitely strange and sometimes it's easy for me to feel like there's a lot of limitations around what it is that I want to create right now and, and let me know if you feel this way as well. Like I feel like I, you know, I booked two big trips and they got canceled. I planned two big workshops and they got canceled. Coronavirus and just 2020 in general has disrupted a lot of the things that I had planned on. And usually when this happens, I always just see it as like a blessing in disguise. And, you know, for the most part, I'm able to navigate obstacles with a lot of gratitude. But I was starting to get the impression after a few like no's that maybe uh, it's not good to dream too big right now. Maybe it's a lot better to just switch into like total surrender mode and like see what happens and see what I get. Um, but I've had a few months of just feeling like my business wasn't as busy as I wanted it to be, that I wasn't seeing the results that I wanted. And I was just starting to feel like I didn't really have that much to look forward to. And so the School of Unified Spiritual Laws season one was a tool that I created for me to be able to go to the next level of teachings, because when you teach something, you master it. And I've got a lot of shit from fourth way teachers since starting to teach this body of work because uh, a big thing that Gurdjieff installed into it was like, you've got to learn the way that I did. People have to pay 10% of their income towards it. You can't talk about it. It's got to stay secret. But I really feel like the world needs this right now. And honestly, like if I'm not supposed to put a workshop out into the world, it doesn't happen. Like it doesn't happen. But God's obviously want this work to be out there because I had the biggest launch ever with School of Unified Spiritual Laws season one, and I'm expecting an even bigger one this time around. So the reason why I'm doing season two is because when I, the way that you end worry and the way that you stop limiting yourself with these like imaginary situations, like maybe the universe just doesn't want me to have more right now, or maybe, you know, I should try again in four years or nobody's buying anything right now, like whatever, the only limits are ever the ones that you put around you. But I'm like a hardcore spiritual scholar and 2020 got me y'all. 2020 got me a hundred percent. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Honestly, like how did we get used to these conditions so fast? And then I was also starting to get used to my own conditions, not really wanting to book a vacation because two already got canceled. And maybe I'm just not supposed to leave right now, even though I really feel like it. Maybe I'm just not supposed to be making 40 grand a month right now. Who here has failed to meet a goal that they were hoping they would have achieved already by this halfway point of the year. And, you know, are, are just kind of sitting with that and being like, well, maybe the universe just didn't want me to have that. But who here feels like they've fallen a little short on the goals they made at the beginning of the year? I sure do. <laughs> I sure do. I had all kinds of things I wanted. I want to have my fucking New York Times bestseller written already. Um, but 
I, I was starting to think about my future in a very limited way. Not only that, but taking in a lot of conspiracy theories, conspiracy theories, uh, taking in things that aren't the mainstream media, doing a lot of research around like what actually is going on here. I was just starting to feel a bit like, like I had no say over what my future was going to look like. Whether it's like PSYOP on top of PSYOP or it being a dangerous environment for witches or you know, another recession coming up and people not spending money. Like I was just starting to feel like it wasn't really a good time to be myself and that I didn't have a lot of options. Now who here has ever gone into like full surrender mode? Like full surrender mode where you're not, you know what? I'm just gonna like go with the flow, see what happens. I've been in a few phases like that. And sometimes they were really good. Like I had to do that when we were manifesting our house for six weeks, I couldn't do anything because there literally wasn't anything that I could do. If there was something that I could have done, I would have done it, but there was, and I was asking every day, please show me, but there was nothing. So that was full blown surrender mode. And it ended with me getting my dream house. And that's the house that we're in right now. But a few other times I've gone into surrender mode and let me know if this has happened to you as well. I know a lot of people, there's a book called like the surrender project or the surrender experiment or blah, blah. don't let people experiment on you. <laughs> just, if it says experiment, like you can just keep on going until you find something that's like tried and true. Um, I remember Bentinho Masaro was doing this thing called like the Sedona experiment. And I'm like, if there's one thing, I was actually there, I was going to go to one of the lessons that I was like, I just don't really know, you know, getting experimented on is one thing, but getting experimented on in Sedona is like, could be like a next level thing. I was like, I'm not going to do this. But I guess there was a book that came out. I haven't read it. Um, but I had heard of a lot of people reading it and being like, yeah, I read this book. I went into total surrender. And for like three months, I made no money. And for like three months, like my financial goals, like still weren't realized. And that's because the, yes, you have to be surrendered, but it's all paradoxical. You know, faith and works, faith and works. My favorite way to know that I'm like doing the right amount of effort and surrender is making sure I take the time every single day to pray and be like, if you want me to do something, show me, show me with joy, show me with inspiration, show me by, you know, like revealing this new path to me and making me really excited about it. But I'm going to ask you to show me every day and I'm surrender. But when you say it's go time, I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's get this done. Um, and I wasn't really doing that, you know, because there's so much going on outside of us right now. Every fucking day in the news, there's like some new wild thing and things that really affect us, you know, not just, oh, emotionally affect us, but things that affect our ability to be able to like leave the house, to be able to be ourselves, to be able to, you know, not cover half of our face. Like there were huge things that were implemented this year with massive financial ramifications. And I was really feeling like I couldn't make a set plan because when I tried to make a plan, it would get, it would get canceled. And I was like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do here. But after a few months of this, I was starting to feel pretty tired with not having the options that I'm used to having. And in the fourth way, our options come from the amount of laws that we live under. So on earth, the conditions of earth is 48 laws. But usually as humans, we're the only species, we're the only aspect of organic life on earth, organic life on earth that's able to live under more laws or less laws. Like we're technically always in different worlds all the time. So this concept we're going to explain 
um, today about how there's different worlds simultaneously existing all the time with different laws of physics for each and every one, uh, invisible to the naked eye, but you're constantly moving in between worlds. And for example, when, you're, when you've just woken up from a nap, and you're feeling like, oh my God, I feel like I could do anything right now. Actually, let's say waking up in the morning, because I take a nap like once every 10 years. And when I wake up, I'm like, <laughs> so that's not, <laughs> that's not a very good, uh, a good analogy. But waking up in the morning after a great night's sleep, like when your baby sleeps through the night for the first time, and you're like, dude, it's a different world up here when I've slept through the whole night. Totally different world. Can't believe it. I feel like I could do anything. That's what it feels like to be under 48 laws. And Earth as a planet is under 48 laws. Now the moon is under 96 laws. And the function of organic life on Earth is to transmit. We eat, Earth eats planetary and Earth eats planetary influences. Basically, the planets are what make us do things, have emotions, have desires, act crazy, all this stuff. The planets influence us. We work out these problems and that education is food for the moon. So one day the moon will be the earth, one day the earth will be the sun, et cetera, et cetera. So, but the moon has 96 laws, twice as many laws as we do here. So twice as many laws, when you're in jail, for example, who here has ever spent a night in jail? I have, I was on mushrooms. I remember seeing my mugshot and being like, you know, all things considered, I look really good. And then in central booking, eight hours later, not on mushrooms, I see the same mugshot again and it looks like fucking crazy. I was like, oh my God. Um, but in jail, you're under a hell of a lot of laws. So think about all of the things that you cannot do when you're in jail. Can't take a walk outside, can't start an online business, can't fuck somebody that, well, you know, you can fuck lots of people in prison, but can't, <laughs> can't go back home and fuck your partner. Um, you can't go shopping. You can't do anything in jail. Can't eat what you want. So that's kind of like what happens when we are voluntarily subjecting ourselves to taking up residence in a place with 96 laws. And we do that like when you're in a bad mood. When you're in a bad mood or your body is in a state of tension, you're technically living under 96 laws. So humans are the only aspect of organic life on earth that can live under less laws, but also live under more laws. And the thing is, is like when there are less laws, when you do the right work to live under less laws, that means that anything is possible for you. And today we're going to talk a little bit about dimensions and how until you understand the previous dimensions, you can't possibly understand a new one. But when you understand the concept of a new dimension, it completely shatters and erases everything that you thought was true. Like access to a new dimension, it, it shatters the paradigm that governed everything about your life before. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, but the first thing that I want to know from you guys is uh, the manifesting test that we did in, in episode one. Who here, I was manifesting dice. Now I gotta say, I seriously only saw like two pairs of dice that showed up, but I was teaching and I wasn't really focusing on it. Um, and then I had a woman, I've, I've gotten so many messages from so many people being like, look, I'm seeing this here and I'm seeing this here. Um, there was one woman I know who only, who had been manifesting Brad Pitt and he didn't show up anywhere for her on the internet. 
But I think that it's possible that Madame might have had a little bit of resistance to Brad Pitt. So who here, tell me in the comments and tell me down here, what was something that you were using as your little like totem for the manifesting test? Because how that works is like whatever we focus on, we see more of. And that's how Bell's theorem works. So Bell's theorem has a lot of different, and, and just so you know, like anytime we talk about quantum physics, quantum mechanics, these are things that have never been proven. So if you're ever looking up videos about this stuff, they'll always say, but yeah, we can't technically prove this. And that's because there's a missing link in all quantum theory. Like it can't technically be proven. It can't technically be calculated. And in the Bible, it says faith is a substance of things hoped for. So something that you want that isn't here yet, faith is a substance. It's what that's made of. So your desire and your belief that it will come to pass is what creates it in the future. And it is the evidence, evidence, think about that word, evidence. It is the evidence of things not seen. It is the proof that something nobody else can see. It's the proof that that exists. And so I find that faith, and I don't really like, you know, like trust-based faith, but the fourth way for me, I have so much faith in the system because like I'm going to show you today, it's a system of scale. It shows you exactly where you are in the scheme of things. Your, your possible, um, what's the word that I'm looking for here? It's like your projected growth. Like you could be here if you do the right work. And everything else that I found in the spiritual community was just kind of like a step-by-step. -step. There wasn't a clear like, you are here. Here are some obstacles that you can expect to encounter here. Here's what you should be working on here. And after that, you're going to come up here. And then here's the obstacles connected with that. Like you can see exactly where you are, exactly where you're going, and exactly what you need to do to get there. Which for me was a huge relief because I used to have to like work with coaches or teachers to get a game plan of that magnitude. And with those teachers, it would only be for like six months. This is something where it's like for life, like I've got my work cut out for me. If there was never gonna be any internet or anything, then I have my six volumes of the psychological commentaries, a few other out of print books on it. And I know that if I have nothing else in my life but these books, I'm gonna be fine because this is the type of work that like, like we're used to focusing on all of these other things. Okay, now I need to focus on hard work and now I need to focus on inner child work and now I need to focus on business growth and now I need to focus on this. This is a system where if you focus on just this, I want to live under less laws. I want to not be a person that things happen to. I want to command my circumstance. I want to see miracles. I want to know what's possible. And I want to know that like, this is a good spiritual investment for me, that this is gonna take care of me for life, that it's gonna show me returns right away. And that I can see that I've got a lifetime that I could spend here because I see what my growth potential is, all right? That's what I love so much about this system. And so this faith, this system is what fits perfectly with the I don't know about quantum mechanics, the I don't know about quantum theory. But just so you know, like everybody, like they never said, it's like an old joke, I forget where I read it, but it's like, no one ever said that a quantum physicist is happy because they're not, like they actually studying quantum physics, it always makes you go crazy because it can't be proven because it lives, these answers live under less laws. And when we're studying science and we're studying matter and we're studying math, we say only what we see can be proven. 
only what we see can be proven. And it's like, this is the evidence of things not seen. And they say it has to be according to law because everything, it's a unified theory and everything else is according to law. And, you know, it's like, well, maybe two kinds of geometry live at once. Maybe with one less law, anything else would be possible. Maybe with access to one more dimension, all of this theory goes right out the window. So that's why quantum physicists are so unhappy because it like can't be proven. Um, but I find that spirituality, faith, fits perfectly here in this equation. So Bell's theorem is explained a lot of different ways, but one of the easiest ways to say it is that like light, when you're studying it, it presents as either photons or waves, all right? Photons or waves, so two very different things. And you can do all kinds of research about like, what is the wave? Um, but light has two ways of showing up under a microscope. Now, here's the thing. The intention of the researcher, this is like the bottom line with Bell's theorem. We're not gonna go, I find that masculine mathematic talk super annoying. Like if you wanna go and get like the brass tacks of everything, just go look it up. Like here's the words to Google or DuckDuckGo and just go study that, watch YouTube videos about it. But the bottom line, I'm gonna like which explain this. The bottom line is that the intention of the researcher determines the outcome. And there's something really interesting that they found about trying to measure like quantum particles is that it's not just with light, but anytime you're observing it, anytime you're saying, I'm going to do this test with the intention of seeing this reaction, I'm looking for waves. It shows you waves. If you're looking for photons, like it shows you photons because the intention of the researcher determines the outcome. So in the spiritual community, we talk a lot about like setting intentions, but like, have you, what were your intentions for this year, for the second half of this year? We're in the third quarter, just, yeah, we're in the third quarter now. And you know, all kinds of things need to be recalibrated. Yeah, maybe we fell really short of our initial goals this year because a lot of shit hit the fan. So maybe it's time to set a new intention. What is it that I think that I can accomplish in the next six months? What is it that I'm determined to see happen? What am I not going to settle for less than? You know, you're 90 times more likely to achieve a goal if you write it down, but it's really easy to not write shit down. It's really easy to not take that one hour a month or something on the full moon or the new moon to kind of check back in, hey, where am I with my goals? If you don't have an accountability program, we have a women's wealth mastermind on the Bruja report. And I would definitely recommend that for you because that's what's keeping me on my toes. But you have to set an intention to see any result whatsoever. And so that's what Bell's theorem says is that the intention, I'm just setting up my phone over here. There we go. The intention of the researcher determines the outcome. Oops, let me just charge this phone. Sorry, you guys, I'm double broadcasting this over here. There we go. So if we're looking for light as waves, we see it as waves. If we're looking for light as photons, we see it as photons. So you have to set an intention about what it is that you want to see, because not only is it a nice thing to do to like reconnect with your desires and stuff, but it actually tells you what it is that you're going to be seeing in the future. It tells you, like every time I've, I've meditated and asked the universe, like, show me a little glimpse of the future. She always says, show me a little glimpse of the future because it's up to you. And no matter what's going on outside of us, no matter what's going on in the media, no matter how many extra laws it seems like we're living under, we're not. And the way that you end worry is to tell the truth. So like, what is the truth? And I really recommend you have, just write it in your journal and fill it out at some point. But like true statements about my life, things I know to be true, 
things I know to be true because anytime you're worrying, this is Manipura Chakra, anytime you're worrying, it's because you've forgotten the truth. You've forgotten that you've already been to the bottom of this discussion before. And what's the bottom line? God's got me. What's the bottom line? Whatever I focus on grows. Whatever I focus on grows. Not when, you know, it's like, oh my God, coronavirus is fucking growing out of control. How much are you focusing on it? Oh my God, liberals have become so unreasonable. How much are you focusing on it? Because that rule still applies. Whatever you focus on will grow. And the intention that I set for the world that I want to see determines what my future will look like. And so maybe you haven't set an intention. Maybe you've never wished. Gurdjieff said a wish is as powerful as God. A wish is as powerful as God. And one of the most disempowering aspects of this Long Island iced tea of psyops that we've been handed in 2020 is feeling like we don't have the right to dream anymore. That's a huge one. Think about every single person you've ever looked up to. Think about anyone. So like, I love Diddy so much. I think he's amazing. Something he always says, don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your dreams. Kim Kardashian talking about manifesting the Vogue cover when Anna Winter literally hated her. Hated her. Anna Winter hated the Kardashians. Couldn't fucking stand them. And then Kim Kardashian spoke it into existence. She said, Kanye was really on my ass about it. Speak it into existence. See no limits. Set that intention. And Kim Kardashian became so fucking relevant that Anna Winter could no longer ignore her. She could no longer, it didn't matter what Anna Winter publicly said about her, not inviting her to the Met Gala, always talking shit about her, came, it did a full public U-turn on that. So it doesn't matter how, like, look, I understand that we're in some like limiting circumstances right now, but landing the cover of Vogue when Anna Wintour thinks you're trash, that's a pretty fucking hefty limitation in my opinion. That's a hefty limitation. So there are no limits except for the ones that you impose on yourself. But she said, don't give up on your dreams. And I want you to like, if you've never read a story about somebody that really inspires you, please do. Like, I swear to God, the secrets for your life are contained in their life story. Like, just be like, yep. But they're always going to tell you, don't give up on your dreams. And y'all, I was giving up on my dreams a bit this year. For real. Because I'm like, I don't know if there's going to be a world in which people are buying books about business. I don't know if people care about a witch mastermind. I don't know if white people are allowed to talk right now. I don't know if it's going to be a safe place for witches. I don't know if my kids are going to get taken away from me because I'm not vaccinated. Like, honestly, when I get into this fear-based thinking, because don't forget, I grew up in a doomsday cult. So like, if you want, like, it's all of this stuff, very, very, very triggering for me, but it's my, when I start thinking that myself or my family is in danger, a lot of opportunities to feel that all I want to do, cut my internet cord, throw my phone away, go and put my head in the sand and see how long I can like make this money last. I'm like, I'm just going to grow all of our own food. And we'll like go totally off grid and live in this. Like, that's all I want to do. But that doesn't make me happy, y'all. That doesn't make me happy. Like, look, I'm all about like earth mama, fucking stuff like that. But I don't want to go be like fucking breastfeeding in a field all day. I like hanging out with y'all. I like making money and I like designer clothes and I like being able to plan vacations. And I like thinking about everybody on the movie night Slack channel, all going to Vegas to get lap dances together. If I don't have these dreams, if I don't have those desires, then my life just feels empty. 
And in those moments, I've forgotten that no matter what, I can always dream. And if I dream it and I don't give up on it, it'll come true. Now, this is really easy to forget, especially right now. So that's why School of Unified Spiritual Laws is for me. How can I use the truth? How can I use fourth way? How can I use quantum mechanics, quantum theory? How can I use integral theory to show me what spiritual work I need to do? So quantum mathematics, quantum everything, that's for me to just do the calculations and be like, look, here's an extra body of evidence saying that if I do this and I don't worry about all of these other things going on outside of me, if I just focus on this, everything else will grow. Then I have the fourth way, which is proved to me. And if you've done season one, it's proved to you too. If I focus on this, everything else around me will grow. And then I just need to, <laughs> just need to be able to talk to some ladies and remind us all that like, look, like there's no reason you can't have what you want. There's absolutely no reason you can't have what you want. And yes, it is really scary right now. And yes, you have every reason to have anxiety. You have every reason to think that this isn't going to work but I'm here to convince you that it does. Because when you tell the truth, worry ends. And the truth is, whatever you focus on will grow. If you set an intention to see it, you will. And if you can hold that vibration, whether we're calling it jumping from 40 to 5D, whether we're calling it the official transition to the Aquarian age, whether we're calling it multiverse or bubble universe theory, whether we're talking about going up to 24 laws instead of 48, like here are all these different paths saying the exact same thing. And that's good enough for me. If it's good enough for you, you'll know by the end of this trailer, but if it's not, well, then don't do it. It's no problem. Okay, so I'm going to put you guys on screen share right now. And we're going to look at, uh, I just wanted to show you this little thing. And for those of you guys that are watching on Instagram, there's a lot of you. I would love to be able, you guys will, will send this out in the replay tomorrow, but you can just listen to me closely because um, I'm going to be explaining to you guys the scale, the scale of where human life is in, in proportion to existence. And uh, it's really, it's just a little, a little piece of kinkery. All right, screen, share screen. I got everything set up to do it this time. All right, can you guys see that? Wonderful. And I'm gonna just flip this around for my people on Instagram. There you go. All right, so if you wanna join the Zoom room, uh, I actually don't know the number, so sorry. But you'll get a replay in your newsletter tomorrow. All right, so something where integral theory and fourth we are talking about the same exact thing is that there is an ascending scale of consciousness, an ascending scale of power. It's like a natural hierarchy. It's actually called a holarchy because a holon, it's different than like a, a proton or a nucleon or whatever. Um, but the, the term is called holon. So basically an, an entire organism nestled in a bigger organism. So for example, your heart is a holon because your heart is an entire organ with its own fucking things that it's doing. It's a fully functioning piece of hardware that can be taken out of your body and transplanted into someone else's, but it's part of a larger organism. So a holon is an is a entire universe held in a bigger universe and on and on and on it goes. So here on this chart, where I'm going to show you guys, um, the four categories that we have on here is impressions. So impressions are one of the main ways that our consciousness eats. 
And in order for you to be able to go from living in like 4D to 5D, or to go from living under 48 laws to 24 laws, is like your soul is able to do that, your body has to come along for the ride. Now, a lot of us think that the soul works like this fucking Hail Mary thing we do at the last minute that comes to save us. And it's like, no, this is your intuition. This is your pineal gland. You, it's a muscle. You have to work it so that it can grow. So if you've never bothered listening to your soul before, you're not used to asking for direction or following your joy or following your intuition, then you don't have a very strong soul. And in order to be able to sustain this shift of consciousness and really be, it's not like the right side of history. It's like, who, who lives in a permanent state of internal hell with the next 20, 30 years of our life? And who see it as like, this is the best times ever. I'm stoked to be here. I'm thriving. There's going to be the survivors and there's going to be the thrivers. And so if you're determined to be on the side of the thrivers, this is a spiritual mental game. You got to have a strong soul and you have to be feeding that all the time. So impressions are how that, that soul eats. After that, we have breath. Breath is another, you know, they say, and it's a key part of this, is uh, time is breath. So in a lot of spiritual practices, they don't really believe in your age. It's just that everybody has a certain amount of breath. So when it's your time to be done, it's your time to be done. But there is a saying that says, Brahma breathes in and out the universe. So this is when people are like, oh, well, how do I, how I comprehend God? Who is God? You know, when I look out on the starry night, like how big and how powerful is God? And because time is breath, one breath cycle for God is our entire existence as we know it. And that's what this graph is going to be about. So the first one we have is an electron. An electron doesn't have any mathematics for impression, breath, day and night cycles or life. But the entire lifespan of an electron is one 300 one 300 millionth of a second. So a very, very small amount of time. Now, electron, there's more electrons and molecules, more molecules and small cells, more small cells and large cells, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But every time we take a breath, the entire cellular composition of our body changes. So for the molecules, everything is changing every time we take a breath. So the next one up from that is a molecule. Molecules don't take an impressions. They don't breathe. They don't have a day and night cycle. And if they did, the mathematics would be too small to be able to explain it. But a molecule's lifespan is one ten thousandth thousandths of a second. For small cells, their day and night, no impression, no breath, but their day and night. So what is day and night for a small cell of the body? This is fourth way term, so it's not the exact scientific terms but it's fourth way. For a small cell, that whole world, their day and night is one ten thousandth, thousandths is the hardest word to say, of a second. And the lifespan for a small cell is just three seconds. Okay, so those are all the little small bits. Here's where we get into something a little more interesting. For large cells, uh, one large cell's breath cycle lasts for one ten thousandths of a second. Now you'll see that this is all proportionate, right? And it's the same. I'll show you guys the exact equation for finding this if you want to do this math on your own. We've explained this in school season one as well, um, but I'll give you the calculation. And I, just so you know, when I looked at this chart for the first time, I studied it for probably like five days. And then I made myself draw out my own interpretation of it to make sure that I understood it. So if it's like feeling very dense for you, don't worry about it at all. But definitely like get the replay in your email and study this table because intelligence is knowing your place on earth. 
And if you're sitting, if you're following like Abraham Hicks type stuff where it's just like, we are God, manifest that you're God. No, bitch, you're not God. But God likes you and will help you. God likes you and will help you. But like, no, you are not God. And so trying to like talk yourself up all the time being like, I can do anything. It just makes you feel even more stupid when you come across one of your own natural limitations, natural and self-imposed limitations. So for a large cell, their day and night cycle is three seconds. So one whole day and night for a large cell, their whole entire lifespan, their meaningful, meaningful large cell life, because it's a whole on, right? It's a whole universe, a whole life. And to all living things, their own life is really dear. So this is like as important as our life cycle is to us. These days, every day of our life hopefully is to us. For a large cell, it's just three seconds. That's their whole day and night cycle. And their whole lifespan is 24 hours. So it's almost like bugs too. Like I, I forget what insects or whatever, but there's some insects that just live for 24 hours. And in that 24 hours of their life, which to us seems relatively unimportant, right? You know, it's like, oh, it's a fucking bug. Get too close to my kid. I'm going to swat you. Um, but their whole life, their whole love affairs and this and the need to procreate and purpose and meaning and all of this stuff all takes place in just 24 hours. So time is relative to all living things. Their own life is very dear, but time is relative. That's their whole lifespan. And the next one is ours. So it's called try to, and you know, what's interesting is that um, Gnosticism is very influenced by the fourth way. Samel on war, the guy that really wrote a lot about Gnosticism. Fourth way and Gnosticism share a lot of the same principles because he was a student of Gurdjieff's. So the microcosmos, and these are the, these categories that we're talking about are what Gurdjieff called the seven cosmos, the seven universes that are stacked um, within each other because every one of these things emerges from and contains the level below it. So a molecule, a molecule cannot exist without electrons because enough electrons create one molecule. So if you were to take electrons away, molecules wouldn't be made of anything. The thing is, is that they're deeper. So a lot of times we think, well, because there's more electrons, wouldn't they be stronger than the molecules? It's like, no, because it takes less of, the molecules contain the electrons. So the next level of consciousness or the next cosmos emerges out of, but contains the world beneath it as well. So when we talked in season one, about spiral dynamics and the importance of what's going on politically right now, no matter how obnoxious or how wrong it seems to you, it has to happen. It has to happen because higher consciousness emerges from and contains that whole way of thinking. So the microcosmos is man. So here's what you need to know. It takes one ten thousandth of a second for you to take in an impression. That's how quickly something can come in and change your day. They say three seconds for people to comprehend an ad on Instagram. No, one ten thousandth of a second for you to get the idea, I'm in danger, I'm annoyed, they're attacking me, I'm in a good mood, I'm in a bad mood. Like This is how quickly we can take on an impression without saying, whoa, 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 I'm going to slow down time and decide if I'm going to let this ruin my day or not. And we talked about this in the last episode. I'm going to, and that's one of the greatest ways to feed your soul, controlling what impressions you take in, meaning that you become so conscious that you are able to stop something that's, it takes one ten thousandth of a second to get to you. 
So that's how quickly we're taking in impressions and we're taking in impressions all the time. Impressions can feed the soul directly at the source if they're positive and they can drain the soul taking all of your energy for that day if they're negative. And over time, you can have a completely withered up soul and intuition that you don't listen to at all. And you become one of these fucking crazy people on the internet that's like having a panic attack because someone's nose is out of their mask. It's like, oh, honey, this is way too much for you to be worried about. These are how quickly impressions come in. So for humans, man, it says here, the breath cycle is three seconds. So remember that for a large cell, their whole life, is three seconds. I'm sorry, their whole day is three seconds. So in the time that it takes for us to just respire once, inhale and exhale, that's been an entire day in the life of a large cell. And by the, it's large cell. And by the, the time the day is done, by the time their whole life is done, it's just been one day in the life of a human. Um, the day and night cycle for a human is 24 hours, and the average lifespan for humans are 80 years, all right? After that, we have organic life on Earth, and this is important because organic life on Earth changes. We are part of like a bigger organism, all right? We're part of a bigger organism, and when we're looking at disease or natural disasters and stuff like that, it's because at a certain point, Nature has a way of cleaning off like windshield wipers, whatever is contaminating the surface and we start again. So for organic life on earth, something that we're just a part of, each one of us is a part of organic life on earth. This contains all plants, all animals, et cetera, et cetera. It takes three seconds for an impression to be taken in for organic life on earth as a whole. The breath cycle for organic life on earth is 24 hours. So whole day of our life is just one breath cycle for organic life at earth, on earth. We're all breathing together, but it takes 24 hours for one breath cycle. The day and night for organic life on earth is 80 years. So a whole lifespan for one human is just one day for organic life on earth. And the average lifespan of organic life on earth is 3 million years. So every 3 million years, Everything gets clean off, slate, and we start from the beginning all over again. Now, you don't get to know how long the earth has officially been around because this isn't, you never get like, fucking do, that's, the Mayan calendar was referring to the Piscean age, you know, not like time in general. And yeah, the Piscean age ended in 2012 and now we're transitioning and adjusting to a totally new dimension of life, a totally new way of living where consciousness and creativity is the ultimate currency and having like a lot of dexterity when it comes to choosing our thoughts, deciding what we're going to see more of and making it happen as individuals, a collective consciousness comprised of individuals that have taken responsibility for their life and an idea when shared gets stronger so for each person that's like this is the world today i will create a loving world i will create a loving world where there are no limitations to my success where i can do whatever it is that i want i can have whatever i want there are no limits to this whatsoever like you show other people that that's possible that idea how, that idea that you're living and hopefully you're sharing with everyone you come into contact with, it gets stronger every time that you share it. Um, okay, after that we have Earth. Earth For Earth, it takes 24 hours for an impression to be registered. So that's a hell of a lot more than us, right? Um, it's 80 years. The breath cycle for Earth is 80 years. 
the day and night cycle for, for Earth is 3 million years. So every time organic life on Earth gets wiped out, that's just one day in the life of the Earth. And the average lifespan, and not the average lifespan, the lifespan for the Earth is 90 million years. After that comes the sun. For the sun, now the sun is under 12 laws. Earth is under 48. The sun is under 12 laws, considerably less than us. That means that like on a place like the sun, there's no buffers between what you're manifesting and it's showing up. So the reason why we have to gradually ascend the ladder is like your mind is defaulted, law of imagination, your mind is defaulted to always imagining terrible outcomes. The law of imagination is very, very simple to explain. You're always, you never imagine yourself succeeding. You always imagine yourself failing. And because your mind is defaulted to always imagine these horrible scenarios, we give life to them. We lose a lot of energy. Now, fortunately, if you want something to manifest, you have to hold that focus for a long time, see more and more evidence of it coming true, and then, it's, and then it manifests. That's why we have time as a gift here to help us not instantly manifest every little anxiety that we have. The thing is, is that imagination drains you and it drains you all the time. Basically, one thought of you failing can breeze through your head and it can take you with it. It can change the course of your life. It is a defect of your mind. And it's very, very important because every time you imagine something, it becomes real. All possible outcomes exist. Outcomes of you succeeding, outcomes of you failing, outcomes of your loved ones getting hurt, outcomes of everybody. This is the great come up and we all get to come together. But everything you imagine is just as likely to come true if you hold that focus. So if you have an untrained mind and you're frequently fantasizing about negative scenarios and you work yourself up, luckily you won't be able to live under 12 laws because every fucking person would die the second that you thought they would die. There's a training ground for us to be very confident about choosing the thoughts that create the worlds that we want to see more of. So in a place like the sun where there's only 12 laws, if we ascend, if we're able to ascend psychologically to the level of 12 laws, hardly any limitations on us whatsoever, then everything we manifest is going to come true right away. And so it takes 80 years for an impression to come into the sun. The breath cycle of the sun is 3 million years. So every time all organic life on earth, everything that we know is part of organic life on earth, every time that that is dead and over, that's just one breath cycle for the sun. All right. That's just one breath cycle. We have three second breath cycles. How many breaths do we take in a day? Who even knows? But when we want to know like how important we are as humans, because here, you know, people that have resistance to aliens are just really want to believe that like we're so special in like this huge cosmos, you pale blue dot of existence. It's like, no, 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 no. There's you and you are very, very important and you're very, very meaningful to exist and everything depends on you. And if somebody's mad at you, everything's over. And it's like, it's very, it's not humiliating to know where you stand in the ray of creation, but it is humbling. And I swear to God, when you see in just very simple perspective, like everything that I know, everything that existed, the entire concept of organic life on earth is just one breath cycle for the sun, which is just the governor of our solar system, not even of the Milky Way. Like the very, you know, this is not something that's like that much higher up from us, but this is how unimportant we are because the requisite for 
for the School of Unified Spiritual Laws, the requisite for a higher level of teachings is to have genuine humility. I know nothing and I am nothing. Nisargadatta Maharaj says, wisdom is knowing I am nothing. Nothing, 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 nothing. But knowledge is knowing that I'm everything. Yes, you have a huge amount of power. You can take massive control of your own life. You can make it however you want. You don't have to go speak to the manager about every fucking thing you want. You are a tiny speck of existence that God just so happens to really, really like because those powers are available to you if you ask and if you work at it and if you show up like you, but there's nobody like watching your life being like, uh, I don't know, you just asked for something recently, we can't give you anything. It's like, no, there's way too much fucking paperwork for that. You can have whatever it is that you want with no limitations if you know where to focus and you keep focusing on it. But like, but then he says, knowledge is knowing that I'm everything. And in between these two, my life moves. And that's the yin yang. That's a paradox of spiritual teaching is like, yes, you're nothing. Yes, you're everything. And your life is just kind of you shifting between these two realizations. I can't believe how fucking small I am in the scheme of existence. Yet I can't believe how incredible it is that I can change my entire circumstance, that I can create whatever it is that I want, that there's a little bit of me and everything that's in the world and that it responds to my cues and it responds to my bidding and it does what I tell it to if I do the right work. It's a real mind fuck. It's really cool. So the breath for the sun is just 3 million years. The day and night cycle for the sun, day and night, is 90 million years. So the entire lifespan of earth is just another day in the sun's life. All right. That's how long that's been there. Perfectly distanced from us that it doesn't burn us or anything like that. So, um, and then the lifespan, this is where we start getting into the big numbers math. So I probably, if I had a hard time with one ten thousands, I would, uh, I'm probably going to have a hard time with these huge numbers. So I'll find a way to <laughs> abbreviate this as clean as possible, but the average lifespan, the, I'm sorry, not the average lifespan, the lifespan for the sun is three. 0.10 million years. At, okay. I'm sorry. 3.10 with a little 15 up there years. So that's three point three one and then 16 zeros. All right. That's three and then 16 zeros. So it's 90 million years plus a fucking shit ton. So 3.10 with 15 zeros. Then to the Milky Way, the macrocosmos, an impression it takes 3 million years. It takes the entire organic life on earth, the entire organic life on earth, there, it, everything that we know, it takes all of that, the sacrifice of a full organic life on earth to make one impression on the Milky Way. That's how unimportant we are. <laughs> that's how unimportant this like and that's like and that's just it but we contain consciousness and consciousness is what all of this is made up of so when our bodies are done here we return to that consciousness so there's you have to understand that there's something in you that's never going to die ever like that this isn't the end when everything's done here you'll be you'll be doing something else in a different way but there's there's an aspect of you that's undying, a call without death, limitless, desireless, endless, no beginning and no end. Like you contain that, but it would take the entire, the sacrifice of all of organic life on earth to even make an impression on the Milky Way. Um, the breath cycle for the Milky Way is 90 million years. So the entire lifespan of planet earth is just one breath for the Milky Way. 
everything from here on out is going to be very big math, but that 3.10 with 15 zeros, that's the day and night cycle for the Milky Way. And the lifespan of a Milky Way is 9.10 with 19 zeros after that. So we're talking like Googleplex, like Google, like just that big of a math. That's how long the Milky Way is around. For the Io cosmos, which is all suns and all worlds, so all possible realities and all possible galaxies with all possible suns, with all possible start and ends, takes 90 million years, the lifespan of the entire planet Earth, just to create an impression. It would take all, everything that ever happened on Earth, the Big Bang, the origins, the ending, everything like that, to make an impression, something that takes a human one-tenth thousands of a second to register. It would take 90 million years or the sacrifice of one planet Earth to even make this the, the Io cosmos, all suns and all worlds, be like, oh, something happened and moving right along. 3.10 with 15 zeros million years just for one breath cycle. Day and night cycle is 9.10 with 19 zeros years. It's a number of 20 figures all together for a day and night cycle for all suns and all worlds. And the lifespan is a number of 24 figures, 3.10 with 23 zero years. And finally, the protocosmos, the absolute, the one, it takes 3.10 with 15 zeros years to, let me, I, it's gonna be too hard to say all of these in mathematical terms, but when we come back to that first statement, that old, 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 um, that old, old, old statement of Brahma breathes in and out the universe. The breath cycle for Brahma is 9.10 with 19 zeros, 20, number of 20 figures, that many years for it to take one breath. And that is the equivalent of the total lifespan of the entire Milky Way. So if you want to know how powerful God is and where you stand in relation to that God, God breathes in and out the universe. And by the universe, we're going to call that the Milky Way. And every Milky Way, considering that we know fucking nothing about the Milky Way and everything that exists. So that's why the quantum physicists that are like, but we can't prove it. Yeah, dude, have you ever gone and looked out at the starry night? We can see what we can observe. 90% of the universe is something that we cannot observe. Or I think it might be even 99% of the universe is something that we cannot observe. But even if we could see the entire Milky Way and we're wondering of what's out there and do they like us and blah, 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 is there intelligent life and what exists over here? And are there bubble universes in it that contain different physical laws and all this stuff? Yes, it's all true. And every time God, that thing that you can talk to, that presence that like watched everything be created, like that likes you. But just so you know, you are a fucking speck of existence. God breathes in and out the universe a fucking million times a day. And that's where we stand. So uh, to be intelligent is to understand your place on earth. It's a very dense chart. So if that was confusing for anyone, like I get it. But I did really want to share this with you because if we're talking about quantum theory, if we're talking about where we can go and what's possible, it's just important to know like where we stand in the scheme of things. So I heard it said pretty recently that um, imagination, and I thought it was a really cool way of putting it, 
that every time we imagine something, we've been given, it's almost like we have this little portal to view other worlds. Like it's seriously like that, every time we imagine something, every time we imagine something coming true, it's like we're seeing a portal into the future. And I gotta say like with all these times that I've asked to see the future, either with uh, like psychics or just asking the universe to show me now, it's a lot cheaper to do it like that. And you know, if you trust yourself, you can see that anyway. But she always says, you tell me what the future is gonna look like. Like we have, we don't have a lot of control over what happens, but we sure do have a lot of control in the way that we feel about it. And if we're always feeling like super limited by the world and super limited by external circumstance, then we stop dreaming. We just stop dreaming altogether because honestly, what's the point of doing that? You know, what's the point if you can't have anything, but it's a lot harder. And the reason why we don't, you know, distinguish, well, isn't there good imagination and bad imagination? It's like, no, because when you're visualizing something, you call it visualizing. Imagination is something that you don't have any control of. But every time you imagine something, every time you imagine something, it's like your view, you're looking through a portal at another world. You're looking through, you've been given this opportunity to see a little like peak of another world that exists. And if you keep focusing on it, you can transition your life. You can be there. And I'm, I say this with a lot of conviction because like that's how I created this home that we live in and the person that I'm married to and the kids that we have and the conditions in which we live and like the experience that we're having of like this pandemic and everything, like I decided that it would be this way. And when I first started visualizing it, like there was nothing. I was imagining it with a completely different person who died. I didn't ever think I'd be able to have a job that wasn't bartending. Like it seemed completely impossible. Up until like the day before we signed the lease on this house, it seemed impossible. You guys have no, there was no, 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 no. Every single time we tried to get near to this house. But I knew, like, I knew that this worked because I had done my math. And I knew that this worked because could it be possible that like all of these spiritual texts and all of these small, you know, it's like I had manifested little things before like a paradise, but I had never manifested a house. And I had never manifested like a person, a real person that I'm super attracted to and that it also gets on my nerves uh, because I'm pregnant and everything gets on my nerves right now. Um, but it all seemed impossible. But as somebody that has manifested a really big thing, like I would consider, I know there's no order of difficulty and miracles or whatever, but like, dude, manifesting a house, I was like, I don't know if I get to have something like this. I don't know if this actually works. I don't know if I'm, you know, I'm just as crazy as people seem to think I am because we've come all the way out to New Mexico to get a house that we actually don't have money for that the owner wants like $200,000 more than has said that they're not going to sell to us. The loan officers like laughed at us. And there was so many reasons to think that it wouldn't happen. But as somebody that's already manifested a big thing, like this was the first iteration of my dream life. And now like the next version of it, it felt like, oh my God, I couldn't possibly ask for more. Like what you had just an, another whole house. Like this one's fine. It was my first dream house. I still love it and everything. Like I couldn't possibly have 500 acres. I couldn't possibly have three types of water just on my land. I couldn't possibly have a house that's featured in architectural digest. Like it's just too much. I shouldn't be asking for more. 
Who here feels like they're not allowed to ask for more because they already got so much? Now, this is a really big thing. This is a really big thing, but there are no, like I said, there's no one, you know, when I realized that there's only one person in the world that knew about my debt and was like, oh, I got to follow up on this. There was one person in the whole world that knew that I owed $40,000 to my credit cards, $28,000 to my credit cards and a student loan. Um, there's only one person in the world that knew about that debt. And that person was me. That person was me up at night. Like there's no one over at Bank of America being like, Everest Asher, I've just come across your account and you've been very bad. Like there's, there's none of that. There's none of that. It was just something that I was focusing on that I was feeling really bad about. Something that like successful CEOs don't feel bad about whatsoever. And if you want to know more about that, um, you can read my book when it comes out or you can watch the business Q&A archives on the Bruja Report. But there's no one doing, we just talked about like the speck of existence that we are, even organic life on earth. It's one breath cycle for the sun, that's it. There's no one, God, that presence that we have inside of us, that presence that can create whatever it is that we want here with the added benefit of time so that we're not like instantly manifesting terrible scenarios. Like we've been given this wonderful, God is time. So we've been given this wonderful opportunity to have a nice slow adjustment for something to manifest. The second you say, I want something like it's created, but it's just about it matching up with your life because you don't want to get an overnight job. I became a spiritual teacher overnight because my fiance died. That was an overnight job. I could have transitioned really slowly, but I denied it and I ran from it. And I know a lot of you guys know what I'm talking about, you know, running from your destiny saying, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be a spiritual teacher. I don't want, I don't want people to know that I talk to entities. Like, I don't want to do that. Um, you know, if it's your destiny, it's something that you have, it's, it's something that you will have to do. Um, but what I am saying is right now, because we've completely made that transition into the Aquarian age, the Aquarian age is less laws. It's less laws. So while it might not be an overnight job, there's way more possibility now, especially with like the equal and opposite reaction from the fear and hate, these, these forces of like love and possibility and anything can happen if you use your mind. Anything can happen if you use your mind for real, like this shit actually works. My life is proof of it. Um, you might not get an overnight job, but I'm saying it's not gonna take as long as you thought it was gonna take. But what it does require is just staying a steadfast focus, steadfast focus on what it is that you wanna create and always bolstering that with, education not faith not hope but like how can i learn in so many different ways that like this shit actually does work how can i use all kinds of little tests and so something that i want you to do as homework is to really my mantra when i've noticed that i'm imagining when i've noticed that i'm imagining something so as a mom i imagined every possible way that my kid could die I swear to God, you're like looking at your little baby trying to connect and like have a good time. And all of a sudden you're like, everything's going to be taken away from you. And you're like imagining yourself at their funeral and like buying heroin and like all this fucking crazy shit. Um, every, almost every time I used to drive on the freeway, I would always imagine semi truck fucking rolling over the median, crashing head on into us. And I was regularly like one of the main reasons I started working with the coaches. Cause I'm like, my life has never been better yet. I'm just constantly afraid that it's all going to be taken away from me. Who resonates with this? 
I am just terrified that it's all going to get taken away. Oh my God, I had like my first $20,000 month and then boom, like it's just going to get taken away. What I didn't realize was like the person who I am had changed and this wasn't going anywhere. Like my level of being had been raised so that I do not have to worry about paying my bills. Like never again in my life do I have to worry about how my bills are gonna get paid. That's a huge thing to not have to worry about anymore. That was the fucking last 20 years of my life was like the fucking chaos of how I'm gonna pay my bills. So that was a huge thing to not have to worry about anymore. But like the more beautiful things that I got in my life, the more anxious I was becoming that it was all gonna be taken away. You know, the more that I had, when you don't have anything, you don't have anything to lose, am I right? And then all of a sudden you start getting stuff and it's like, what if this all gets taken away from me? And so this, like, it was the main reason that I started working with the fourth way coach. And this is exactly what she told me. Imagination isn't real. Imagination isn't real. Now it's a very simple concept, very simple concept, because of course, imagination isn't real, right? But you don't know it. You don't know that. And so a lot of times we can get really fearful and really worked up and 100% energetically drained. Let me just do this IG again. We can become 100% energetically drained just because our imagination flared up, started telling us something that wasn't true, painting us a picture of something that wasn't true creating such a physical response in our body. We're starting to feel nauseous. We're starting to feel anxious. We're unable to do the tasks that we said we were going to do for that day. All of this because our imagination flared up and our body didn't know that it was, our body and our minds didn't know that it wasn't true. So when I find myself imagining, and this is really going to be your homework, like I want you to see what becomes possible when you put a short, fucking leash on your unruly imagination. And the way that I stop it in its tracks is when I notice myself in that, you know, whether it's me going into some negative fantasy about how my son's going to have a traumatic dentist experience at some point in his life, or all of our money is going to run out, or my husband's going to die driving five miles away from our home, or the bear that people saw in the neighborhood is going to attack us. These things, I get invited to these anxieties all the time. And when it happens, I say out loud to myself, imagination isn't real. Imagination isn't real. And the second I say it, it stops in its tracks. It doesn't have power over me anymore. I realize that I have a new option for a way that I could spend that day. Your imagination will deplete all of your energy, the energy that you really need. It's very hard to visualize a beautiful outcome when you have just completely depleted your energy because you saw in an imaginary experience that all of your loved ones are going to be taken away from you, that they're all going to be, that we're going to be, you know, forced into box cars and taken away for being who we are. Like it's really easy to get power to these types of thoughts. And when we go to living under less laws, you know, one law at a time, we start to remove these obstacles but they apply in all directions with great power comes great responsibility. So you say, I want to live under less laws. You need to keep your thoughts. Like we, we have it in our head that just because no one can see our thoughts, except for us, that they don't have any impact. And what I want you to know from this lecture is like they do. And your mind is defaulted to constantly imagine negative fantasies and thank God for time. Otherwise, these things would be showing up right away. Like earth is like bowling with bumpers. 
you'll hit something. Don't worry about it. it. Won't go into the gutter. Your anxieties won't all manifest overnight. Like there's this, this, these bumpers. So if you've ever wondered if the universe is like hostile or friendly, like just think about all the fucking shitty fantasies that you have, all of the anxieties that you've had that like haven't come true. But when you decide what it is that you want to see more of and you say, okay, not only I am determined to create the next level of my success. Like what does the next level of your success look like? Is it a lot of extra time? Is it a lot of extra money? What does the house you live in look like in the next level of success? How many vehicles do you have? How much time do you have and to do what projects? What is it that you're famous for? What is it that you're known for? How do you wake up in the morning with an alarm clock or just naturally, hi Elijah, hello baby, hello. <laughs> I love this looking so much, hi. Hi, <laughs> Uni's little boy. I love this kid. He's got the best vibe. Um, what What does the next level of your success look like? Like, chances are you haven't really written it down. How often are you recalibrating it? Do you have a vision board or something where you're constantly like, okay, I thought I wanted this. Now, no, thank you. Scratch, delete. I'd like to update this with a little something like this. I would like to get a little bit more of this, a little bit less of that. Like always having a very clear like sense of where it is that you're going, not saying, what can I have to the universe? Like, where are you going to take me? Where are we going? And it's like, no, 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 no. You get to choose what it is that you want to see happen. But when you choose what it is that you want to see happen, you've got to figure out who you need to be in that world. So for example, if you're imagining yourself running a multi-million business with a ton of people after you, a stack of people wanting to interview you this big, and all kinds of, and let's say that you have like a 50,000 person audience. Let's say you're making like $3 million a year that you're at like this huge aspect of success and you haven't put in any boundaries like right now. For example, boundaries of how you care for yourself, how you're able to keep a multi-million dollar business all running without it completely burning you out. You don't know how to communicate that you need help. If you can't tell the people in your own household or your own friends that you need help, the first five years of you taking on employees is going to be you paying people to do fucking nothing for you because you haven't learned how to fucking tell people how to help you. It's a really hard thing to do learning how to communicate to a team. And it all starts with like, you let your friends know when you need help. You let your partner know when you need help. It's one of the hardest things to do for a woman because we're so used to doing it all quietly, rain or shine, hell or high water, and not complaining about it. And when we ask for help, it feels like, oh my God, I'm going to let the whole world know how weak I am. But I guarantee you, if you're manifesting a multi-million dollar business and you haven't learned how to ask people how to demand that people support you the way that you want to be supported, when you have 50 employees, you're going to be hemorrhaging money because you don't know how to teach people how to work for you. You don't know how to dominate like that. You don't know how to be like, you do this. And don't say anything to me except for, yes, it's done. Here's how I think we can do it better. Like if you're still a level, the type of person that's trying to please everyone and is really worried about everyone liking you and getting along and all this stuff, you're not going to be able to, write, to, to run a multi-million dollar company. So when you're saying, okay, this is what I want to see. This is the type of future I want to have. You need to really go into that and be like, how, how much does she work? 
How much personal time does she have? Where is her, let's say $3 million a year, that's what, 150 grand every month? Um, no, I'm sorry. Maybe, uh, I don't know, math is not my strong point here, but it's a hell of a lot of hundreds of thousands of dollars every single month. Hundreds of thousands of dollars every single month. Look at your business right now. Is your fucking 800 grand a month gonna be coming from this? Is your 500 grand a month? $500,000 a month. Kylie Jenner made $500,000 a day the, the year that she made a billion dollars. I know that's controversial or whatever, if it's in it, but they're like, actually, she made $900 million and not 1 billion. All right, Forbes, you're bad. Fucking get over it. Um, they're, oh, she was privileged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, none of her other sisters made lip kits out, you know, no other, none of her other sisters did that until she did it. Um, but if you're making a hundred thousand dollars a day, like look at your business right now, you know? Okay. So I have maybe a hundred people paying me this much. What's going to have to grow? Something's going to have to grow, right? Okay. So am I going to make a new product that's going to make me a shit ton of money? Or am I going to get more customers for the current product that I have right now? Am I hand making every single order that comes in? Is it sustainable? Like, You'll, you'll see where that money is and isn't coming from. And it's not as easy as just say, okay, well, I'm going to go from 300 subscribers to 5,000 subscribers in order to hit that financial stride that I'm trying to go towards. Am I going to get, am I going to, I don't know, 20 times the amount of customers that I have today? Am I going to get that the same way I've gotten my customers in the last 10 years? No, because I haven't grown that. So what do I need to do? Do I need to become the type of person that's very good at advertising? Do I need to diversify my offerings? Do I need to get a stronger website? Do I need to get a stronger team? Do I need to like how, what is it that I need to start giving a really big shit about? And what is it that I need to not give a shit about anymore? Maybe I need to give a really big shit about my ad copy and now absolutely no energy to comments, good or bad. So like you have to become a higher level of a person. The thing is, is that like when we're making a, a wish is as powerful as God, because God says your wish is my command. Your wish is my command. But we don't just make a wish, blow it out and never think about it again. Like you can make this shit come true. But what you need to do is, is understand all the aspects of it that are on you. It's on you to have enough energy to feed your soul. It's on you to make sure that you're not constantly taking in negative impressions, that you're learning how to pause them, alchemize them, and then feed your soul directly. It's your responsibility to make sure that you have enough energy. It's your responsibility to choose where it is that you're putting your focus. It's your responsibility to ask, what can I do? What can, is there anything that I can help you with? Imagine that God is in the kitchen making you your favorite dinner. Like you could totally, what, God doesn't need any help making it happen, but the gesture of, can I help you with anything? God might say what I usually say to people. No, you don't need to help me with anything, but sit down and talk to me. And if I can come up with a little something for you to do, I'll throw it to you. Just sit in the kitchen and keep me company. If I need you to pick some time or something, I'll just hand that to you. But it's showing up every day asking, what can I do to make this happen? What's on me? How can I help? So if you don't have any, if your energy is constantly being squandered, whether you're losing it through the taking in of negative impressions, feeling negative emotions all the time and just allowing that, just being cool with always being in a bad mood, um, not really having any restrictions or filters set to like, 
I am only featuring these stories from here on out. I, it, it, unfortunately, it's become a trend for like some of my friends to be like, oh yeah, Everest hates liberals. Let me send you some like liberal memes. I don't hate liberals. I don't hate conservatives either. It's just all a lower, that's a very low game. There's something much bigger that I'm working on here, but like, I don't feature that. I don't care what people say about me. I don't care how stupid these people seem to be. I don't care because that's just this whole other psyop trying to get you to hate liberals. That's a low level of thinking. That's a low level of thinking. It's duality and there's something bigger that I'm focusing on. So no, I'm not featuring DMs right now. No, I'm not receiving text messages like this. I'm not taking in news media right now. I had to tell all of my friends, don't send me headlines. I don't care about it. I don't, unless it's Naya, unless it's the Naya Rivera case, that's the only like piece of news that I care about right now. But I have a mission like I, and I have a lot to do. And I know this, I'm only able to think in this way about how it is that I will achieve my goals, no matter what. I'm only able to think in this way because I have extra energy. So one of the main places you're leaking energy is an unchecked imagination. And what I want you to do is your homework is to create that. Because to close this out, I'll explain to you just the first five dimensions, all right? Every single time, you're not able to understand the fifth dimension without understanding the fourth one first. So I like the way that Neil deGrasse explains it. It's the quickest way to do three dimensions at once. If there's an ant living on a desk and the ant, and we put papers like mosaic style all over the desk. And this is like the, the ant's whole the existence is like, there's me. And then there's these papers that are trying to take all of my space when there's no more space on the table because the only thing that I have is length. The only dimension that I know is length. And that direction over there, like think about uh, the first man in the middle of a desert. There's that length all the way over there in the desert and that length all the way over there in the desert. There's nothing above me, there's nothing below me and there's nothing like deep. Just for everything around that I can see is just big and flat. And when all of these papers eventually stack up to where there's no more room for me, my life is gonna be over. But if you were to go to the ant on the desk and you say, check this out, I have a filing cabinet. I have a filing cabinet. Filing cabinet goes high, filing cabinet goes deep. And you scoop up all the pieces of paper and it just takes up one little tiny, 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 tiny fraction of the filing cabinet. You've added two new dimensions. Everything of what this ant thought was possible for its life, everything of what this ant thought was possible for its life is now completely thrown out the window. All those anxieties, things are gonna end, there's not enough space, all the scarcity and all of that. It went completely out the window and now he's like, oh shit. What can I think about now that anything is possible? I thought my life end when all the papers stacked up. This guy just showed up with something that I've never seen before and let me know that not only can things go high and be taken care of, but they can also go deep and be taken care of. This is how revolutionary the concept of a new dimension is to your existing projections for how your life is going to go. And so the fourth dimension is time. And it's space time. So the understanding that like 
all things are happening at once. That time is relative. For all beings, their own life is very dear. But for a cell, they've got like a three-second lifespan. And for the sun, it's like a, I can't even remember, I think 90 million years is that lifespan. So like time is, lifespan and time and breath is relative. It's different for all of these things. But also like everything is going on at once. All possible realities exist at the same time. So when I say like, when you, the desire is the prayer. So when you say, this is what I want, it is, it exists just as surely as this life exists right now. It exists. The second you prayed it, it was answered. The second you prayed it, it was answered. It exists just like anything else that you see and experience here exists. It's just that right now, it's not a match for your life because who you need to be, the only thing that needs to change, not your husband, not your family, not getting your entire fucking everyone in the world to share your exact same beliefs. It's just you. The only thing that has to change for you to jump into a parallel reality is you. So if you're like, I want to see world peace, well, what does that look like for you? And a place where you never have to worry about the fucking vacillations of society or who's fighting who and who's right or who's wrong. If there is world peace and you never have to worry about all the shit that keeps you busy on a day-to-day -day basis, who will you be and what will you be focusing on? Because if you behave as her right now, that's your visa. That's how you'll transition. But a lot of us just never think about who we need to be to make that happen. And so in order to understand the fifth dimension, which is fifth dimension is like sliding doors, right? So it's a earth with the same, a, a parallel universe, a parallel universe with the same origin. So you were born in 1987 or whatever on planet earth, planet earth started with the big bang. You don't have to worry about, you know, like a totally different history. It makes, it's a new future for your life with the same past. All right. So all of that groundwork and all the life experience that you already have is relevant to this next earth. So that's what the fifth dimension looks like. And then when you become a higher level of being, you start to make left turns where you used to make right turns. You become in the right place at the right time. And all of a sudden, I was just speaking in DMs with this woman who was like, dude, I went from like this type of lifestyle to manifesting my dream house. And I live, she literally lives in these like English gardens, like full blown Downton Abbey countryside, like major English garden lifestyle goals. And I'm like, dude, you got to come and talk on Bruja Report about like manifesting your dream house in a weird way. And she's like, well, you know, like it's not really that my husband's family has it. I'm like, that fucking counts. Free house, free house, honey. Free house, free house. And because you'll have several different iterations of what your dream house looks like, the easier it comes to you and with the less investment, the fucking better, hun. Because you'll always want more and it's safe to want more and it's safe to have more. But you can't possibly, unless it becomes really normal to you, really normal to you. And, and ask yourself, like, how can I normalize this concept that everything exists at once that there are multiple worlds, that there are multiple realities. Ways I love to do this, 
you can do School of Unified Spiritual Laws season two, because I'll always be talking about some new way that it happens. But go and like perv out on the YouTube videos, multiverse theory, quantum worlds, timeline jumping, listen to all of them in all different ways. It's the same as like loving conspiracy theories, listen to all of them and put them all together. Because when you believe something, you don't question it in any way. And if you've set your filters and you're like, I am determined to prove that this is true for my life, and you start making evidence show up all over the place, then you're not, eventually you won't question that anymore and you can comprehend a fifth dimension. And that fifth dimension is like, you can have any fucking world that you want as many times as you want. All right? And you can jump that timeline. I just told you exactly how, who do I need to be to get there? And that's how you do it. The sixth dimension would be multiple world, the super string theory. The six dimensions would be multiple worlds, all with the same start, all with the same origins. All So you and all these different realities. Now, the cool thing about when you understand the fifth dimension, you get access to all dimensions after that. So it's a comprehension it's, and in spiral dynamics, it's called second tier thinking. So when you understand it, you don't have, it's just, it, it, the cycle repeats itself. So the sixth, so fifth dimension, one parallel world person on it, just like you, same origin, same everything like that. All of your history can be used and adapted well in this, you know, it's just like, imagine your life taking a wonderful turn where it's just like, and shit got better and better and better from here on out. One of the mantras I like to use with my husband was like, yeah, this, that was talking about this moment right here. It's like, we're going to refer to this moment as being like right before my shit really took off, right before we had that huge turnaround, right before this great thing happened. Like I'm imagining big change. So the fifth dimension, one possible reality, same origins. Sixth dimension, multiple possible realities, all with the same origin. Seventh dimension, parallel universe, totally different origins. So like it and anything could have happened. You, Big Bang, all that stuff. But like who fucking knows? You could create anything up there. Eighth dimension, many possible worlds, many possible realities, all different origins, all different start dates and on and on the the string goes. So that's going to conclude our lesson for today. I feel like we've covered a lot. Let's do a little bit of recapping. We talked about where we are in the scale of things, the breath cycles of the universe, time is breath. We talked about Bell's theorem and how like if you haven't set an intention, if you haven't set that wish, if you haven't really decided what it is that you're wanting to see more of and how it is that you want to do it, um, you don't expect anything to happen. You have to, in, in order to run any type of test, to get any type of proof that anything is true, you have to set an intention. I want to answer this question. Is it possible? Is my spiritual practice enough to get me through to my next goals? And I'm saying, yes, it is. But your spiritual practice has to be a hell of a lot stronger, focusing on much weirder areas than you ever thought it had to be. If you want to do this a spiritual way, you can, but you're going to have to do it with all your soul and with all your mind and with all of your strength. And you're going to have to be really conscious about where energy is leaking when bad moods th swing through you or your imagination's taking you or you're just like in a state of tension all the fucking time. Not going to work. You have to know where it is that you've got to focus. But the intention of the researcher determines the outcome. Um, who you have to be, who you, who you have to be to like in that world that you want to create. And for real, like if world peace is an aspect of it, what you have to do today 
Today I will be peaceful. Today I will be peaceful. Today I will judge nothing that occurs. Today I see perfect peace in everything that exists. Today I have no desire to control anything. I'm going to observe, I'm going to be the witness that watches every single incident from here on out from the top of the mountain saying, I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change a thing. And that's, uh, that's where we're aiming to go with School of Unified Spiritual Laws. So how, how season two is different than season one? I don't want to have any type of set list or whatever. Honestly, I, I laid down in season one the framework. Here is the language here so you can understand it because I wanted to move to a more traditional-ish way of teaching the fourth way, which is I show up two times. I show up every two weeks to teach and we teach about whatever is relevant at that time. There's no set list, there's no schedule, and it goes on, I'm gonna be booking these in four class increments. So in case I wanna go on maternity leave or something like that, um, I'm booking these in four class increments, I'm committing to four lectures at a time. But I'm gonna be showing up twice a month on the Brew Hub Report for everybody that has that um, the 198 subscription, and you can get 50% off if you DM me or message me, I'll give you the code for that. And uh, you can also find an affiliate by looking up hashtag work with Everest. And the cool thing about affiliates is like, not only do they have the same discount, but they have other bonuses as well. It's going to be $55 to drop in on any one of these classes. There's two per month. You can get a class pass for $99. And that is the Bruja Report top tier subscription. You get everything else that's included in that. And it's $99 if you get 50% off. I would definitely recommend doing that because it's 50% off of every subscription. Um, but that's it. I'm going to show up. If you want to come and continue to learn this, please do. If you haven't done season one, do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Or make sure that you have a Brewer Report subscription so that if I say something, like I'll always tell you if I'm alluding to law of three or alluding to law of the octave, like this represents like a 90 minute call that we did just about this law. So if you haven't learned that already, I need you to be able to go and watch that video and catch up on it in the meantime. But that's the purpose of having access to everything on the Brewer Report. So it's a lot more relaxed than the first season was because the first season, like I had to teach you the formula, but now I'm just going to be showing up every two weeks to teach you whatever it is specific to this combination of fourth way of dimensions of integral theory and, uh, and, and how to be with all of that. So thank you all so much for being on this call it was uh, really exciting. If you're interested in like more, if you're like, okay, who do I need to be and what do I need to do to get there? We have a women's wealth mastermind now on the Brewer Report as well, which I use for me, like for real, it was really hard for me to find a women's wealth mastermind specifically. I need a place where I can say what my fucking goals are and be held accountable for them. Cause it's really easy to say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And you know, before you know it, it was like a pot cookie on the balcony and I I forgot that I, that I had big goals. Um, but it's a conversation where we're just in total integrity with what type of financial situation we want to see and what it is that we have to do to get there. And um, the reason why we do it monthly is because like sometimes it's really easy for us to be like, all right, then I'm going to write a book. It's always got to be broken down like month by month. Okay. So what action step are you doing that we're going to hold you accountable for over the next 30 days? What, how do we make this manageable? How do we make this step-by-step? Step? So if you're also interested in that side of it, but just get the class pass to Brewer Report, you can just come to all of them and catch the recordings for all of them. And uh, 
yeah, they say be who you needed when you were younger. I'm very happy to uh, have created this and I'm, it wouldn't be anything without you here. So thank you all so much for being here. I'll see you at movie night on Friday, hopefully. I'm not sure what other events we have this week, but uh, yeah, thank you all so much. It was a pleasure. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye-bye.